There are dire warnings that New South Wales will be hit by increasingly extreme weather. 2015 was the hottest year since climate records began. Your show this July was the single hottest month in recorded history. Australia sweltered through its hottest spring on record. Climate change is now affecting every country on every continent. The rate that's a great concern. And what do you put that rate down to? Oh, it's human activity. We have everything we need. Some still doubt that we have the will to act. But I say the will to act is itself a renewable resource. Hello again, Climactic Crew. Maxine here, or Mama Max, as of the 17th of January. And I'm very excited to be back 20 episodes later. <laughs> bringing you a conversation with local businesswoman and mother of five, Jackie Matthews. I first met Jackie in March 2018 at a business networking breakfast in Geelong. And when I heard her introducing her scrap metal business, I knew I needed to meet her. I'm automatically drawn to businesses and people who have a positive or who might have a positive impact on our planet. And although Jackie was just coming to this realisation herself, she was starting to see how her scrap metal business was possibly making a massive impact on the planet and could even help other businesses do the same. So I hope you enjoy us chatting in my lounge room for episode 46 of Climactic. Okay, so I'm Jackie Matthews. I have a business in Geelong called Scrap Solutions, which is a scrap metal recycling business. The reason I started that business, we launched in March 2017. And what I did was I bought an idea to Geelong that my dad had created through his own scrap metal company. He lives in Port Arlington and he was volunteering his time to the Port Arlington Football Club by going and picking up scrap metal from people's homes and then donating the proceeds of the scrap metal back to the club. One day I was at his yard and I'd been working for him for 20 years and I'd been going to the yard a fair bit and I think he just wanted to get rid of me. So he said, <laughs> go down to Geelong and start a business down there. So that's what I did. So we launched in March 2017. It was really well received by the community. And so what we did and what we do is pick up scrap metal from people's homes. So people will call us if their fridge breaks down or They've got a clean up, an elderly person has passed away and the garage might be full of bits and bobs that the husband has used over the years and they need a clean out. There's farms that have like so much scrap metal lying around and then properties that are getting developed that you know need to be cleaned up. So there's all sorts of different kinds of scrap metal that we go and remove. And so that's what we've been doing. It's also about just giving people the opportunity to be able to recycle giving them that chance for somebody in the industry to come and collect their scrap metal so that, that it can be recycled. And and that's that's your connection to the climate and mm. keeping things in the ground. So yes. tell me about the, the story of you getting to this point and that becoming your focus. So Dad started out probably 40 years ago. His motivation was definitely not the <laughs> anything to do with climate change his motivation was to do with the business and was a it was a good business to have and so when I joined him it never really was my purpose either but as this business has evolved in Geelong then I can see that people really do care about the planet and that I have an opportunity to be able to help them so I mm -hmm. guess the reason that we're recycling the scrap is so that we're not digging in the grounds mm -hmm. and that is effectively helping the planet and so I wanted to learn more because that wasn't always dad's passion. 
that's not what I've always been taught. So I've had to self-learn and I never studied that at school or, Mm. you know, didn't, you know, went and did a HR degree and I was just all about business. (laughs) I never really thought about science or (laughs) the planet or anything. So I met Mick eight one day at a localized event in Torquay. Another associate of ours, Heidi Fogg, who's a a carbon expert. Yeah. So she she does Scientist all that kind of yeah, yeah, she worked for a company, the Carbon oh. University, where they actually rate different businesses and what their footprint is. Sure. Yeah. And so anyway, she's a, a lovely lady. They're both Danish, Mick and Heidi. And Heidi was like, "You've got to meet my friend Mick. He's amazing, and he does a show, The Sustainable Hour." on um, 94.7 The Pulse FM, so which is our community radio station. So I went and spoke to Mick and went on as a visitor to the show to talk about my business and what I do. And and then they were looking to have a woman join the show because they're, they're just three guys on there. I said, oh, I'll do it. Sorry. Yes. Then I, <laughs> so then I joined and the reason for me wanting to do it, I guess I'd probably love a chat, but also to just find out more, to learn more and just meet people that are in that arena and and just to find out what they're doing and why they're doing it. And it just really interests me. So that was probably six months ago now. It's fabulous. Like it it really does broaden your mind, you know, and just make you think differently. And just last night I was at a meeting, the Geelong Business Club it is. It's a really, yeah. there with a lot of men in suits it's a very old school prestigious you know like it's they've only just allowed it's not chamber men. of commerce it's business no this it's is a different, a different Whoa, yeah okay. this is next level this they're only like a secret it is. <laughs> <laughs> i was expecting horns on heads but no um you know like those like flintstones we'll have to invite them to listen to the show <laughs> So I went to that, but they the reason that I invited, I got invited by a colleague because there was a gent there, Dr. Dean Miller, who is associated with the Great Barrier Reef Legacy, mm-hmm. and he's a scientist, and he's a multimedia manager, I think, as well as a scientist up there, rather, on the Great Barrier Reef. And so he was talking about the reef and the bleaching and how it's dying and and all of the things that they're doing with research and, and that kind of thing. And I actually asked a question. <laughs> I, I just listened to a, uh, a podcast or an interview with Dr. David Suzuki, mm-hmm. and he was talking about he has an apartment in Port Douglas, and he said that in that interview he said that he went to to the Barrier Reef just recently and dove and he came out weeping because it was so dead. And he said to the people that took him out, I'm never doing this again. How does Australia have one of the most amazing reefs in the world and yet still burn coal? And that was my question. I actually said that to to this guy and said, so what are your thoughts on that? Because mm. I was really interested to see. He was very diplomatic in his speech in his presentation but he did put up one slide where he spoke about the the vessel that they use to do research and find statistics so they're actually researching as well as finding statistics and then there's a government vessel that does the same but it doesn't do the research it just finds the statistics it only took six people both vessels can hold 20 people the vessel that they have, which is, you know, sponsored and obviously like somebody very rich has donated a lot of money mm-hmm. for this. Yeah. They take 20 people out, most of them scientists, all independent scientists who all go under the reef and they check it and then talk about their findings with each other. 
And they also have students as well on board learning about marine biology. The government one has six people on board, but the main clincher was the government vessel costs $1.4 million and their vessel costs 56000 wow. Okay. to do the research, yep. like not the actual vessel, but that he just did that slide. He didn't say that was good or bad or whatever. He just put it out there. Just put it out yeah, there. Great. And uh, later I went and spoke to him after he'd finished and said, oh, I love the way that you put it out there. And, you know, he's, he pretty much said, well, it's all just secret secret society so and I guess that brings me to my passion is that what how does this happen like you know how do we vote all these people in to govern our lives and our planet and it's all just a secret yeah <laughs> so, and they're doing whatever they want whatever interests yeah them. yeah, yeah. And, it, and and like even my daughter said to me the other day she said, Mum, I don't understand it. I don't understand why people fight climate change, like why they argue about it. Like it's actually doing good for the planet, so why would they be arguing about and, and it's all to do with money. How old's your daughter? Nineteen. Right. Mm. So this is this is what the future is, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah they it's see their it. Future. Yeah, yeah, that's right. They see it. Yeah, and you know, like they still enjoy we live in Ocean Grove on the coast and all my kids love the beach and, you know, they've all done surf lifesaving and surfing and whatever and they just, like, love going for swims and just enjoying nature, I guess. Like, mm. we live in it and we're really fortunate for that. And it just, like, really makes my heart break to think my great-great-grandchildren might not have that same opportunity. So when I go, I want the little kids to think, oh, yeah, that old bag <laughs> she really made a difference she did some things that make our life good now so that's For the whole of the planet rather than well yeah just your family yeah yeah, yeah. broader context yeah. yeah that's great well actually speaking of context we should paint a little picture of of what's going on here um <laughs> i first met jackie uh, i think we we connected through oh, we were in a business meeting that's right yeah and then i didn't realize that you were on the show yeah, no, well, initially I wasn't. When I first met you, I wasn't, but I remember you coming up to me and you said, you came up to me after we had the meeting and you said, oh, I really love what you do. And I was like, oh, and I was thinking, what do I do? And then it was like, <laughs> <laughs> that got you thinking. <laughs> yeah, and then it was, oh, recycling, yeah, okay. You know, so that was like the start of my journey too, mm. of when I just started the scrap metal journey That's for right. myself. Yeah. Gosh, it's and so, by, yeah, it? and so that was, Oh, yeah, and you were probably one of the first people, along with Nicole Urbanski, who has Urban Upcycle, to connect with me on that level of, you know, hey, you're, you're actually doing something. Doing something. Yeah. yeah. Something good mm. for the planet. Yeah, definitely. Um, and then, ironically, you you asked me to be on the show. Yeah. Because I was pregnant. Yes. And I thought that the call that you were making was to arrange a time. Oh, so it was hilarious because five minutes before you were texting, like, ready to go, and then we're going to call you. I was like, oh, actually, this is good. We'll just go live on the show. I'm only in labor. <laughs> so that was, yeah, that was the, last, the last connect, and it's kind of apt that you're my first guest that I'm mm. interviewing after I've given birth I to know. the beautiful Delphina who's in my arms. So if you've heard any squeaks and beeps, that's, that's what it's. What it's from, she's she's right here, so very yeah. calm. <laughs> very calm. Yeah. So the story is really inspiring because this is the kind of thing that we want to see and we love to see is people that haven't been 
brought up to this or educated in this. And I think it will become more regular that this change and realisation happens in people. The question is, how do you get people on board? Mm. How do you get more people to to come on this journey and, and the suits in that room? And Yeah, I know. Well, I'm going to join that club. That's great. <laughs> so you'll be there. Which is, yeah, which is I, I went another visit late last year actually and funnily enough Sarah Henderson was talking that night. And I didn't ask a question that night. I was too afraid. (laughs) (laughs) I wish I had it. Yeah, because I probably would have now. But, yeah, and that's the thing. I think awareness and not everybody's going to be open to talking about it. Some people close off and that's fine. Those people that want to close off, you can't, I suppose they say you can't, you know, you can lead a a horse to water but you can't make a drink. So Mm. I could sit there and and whatever. But I, I guess that I'd like people to to learn about me and where I come from and what I what my passion is and that I'm not a activist as such. I'm not going to put it into people's faces, but I'm certainly going to sit there and have the conversation with mm. people. And in a group like that, I mean, and this is top level, these people are much older than me, so I'm 46 and they're older than me. Like, you know, what look around the room. They? Uh, so I, I, they would all be, they're all like CEOs, so they'd be accountants, solicitors, mm doctors, real estate agents, and there's a, there's actually a few cancellors that go there as well right. like from the city of Toronto. So Geelong. it's a pretty um, influential group, you'd say. Yes. Mm. Elaine, Car- Elaine Carbine from G21 yep. is a member. Um, Bernadette, who, well, she's ret- resigned now, but who was the um, CEO of Geelong Chamber of Commerce. You know, people that, yeah, and, and, you know, and this is the thing, I don't know them all, but I want to learn. Yep who they are and and I'd like to I'm interested in finding out about people and what what makes them tick also but last night I sat next to somebody and he has a company in Geelong that employs 30 employees he's one of the major sponsors of city of greater Geelong but yeah commerce and yeah and we just chatted about well waste management which is obviously my passion being scrap metal and and the waste management there we spoke about different things that are going on in Geelong and recycling and what what's going on. What's, well, what's he actually <laughs> told me that he was in Lawn and, you know, they've got the bins, you know, on the beach or whatever and it's recycled. Oh, yeah. Cans, paper yeah. and then general rubbish. Which and, we should get. Yeah. Told me, but, yeah. Well, anyway. he saw the truck pull up and just put everything in the one truck. Uh, yeah. This is destroying, isn't it? So this it's is the thing. So How do you give somebody like that hope to actually recycle when they're actually doing that in front of us in our street, like in, in the street. Like it's, I said to him, you'd think they could even just pretend and yeah. put it in different trucks. What's this worse. Thing. Yeah, yeah do you know what I mean? But they actually do it in your face and they just put it all in the same truck. And I've spoken to lots of people, talk to people all the time about this, and people are starting to say to me, oh, Jackie, I can't, re- I don't know, like I, I feel like, it's a waste of time because mm. when we're putting them in the yellow bin and the green bin and the red bin, but then it feels who's good to, to say, you, but then at yeah. the end of the day, what's happening? Yeah, where is it all going? And and so there's been a lot of talk about there's containers at the docks in Melbourne full of rubbish because they've got nowhere to ship it. And so yeah, I, I have a vision which which I won't like get right into because I actually have to sit down and strategically plan it out, but. You know, I really believe that Geelong has the capability to have its own recycle centre here. Absolutely. And be able to be recycling stuff 
at a micro level. So not just having a secondhand store or, you know, like Duro Street and just having somebody can take their cardboard or polystyrene or whatever there, which is great, but it's too small now. Mm. It's too small for Geelong. Geelong is growing at a rapid rate, not just Geelong, the surf coast and the ballerine, like who knows? I mean, I, I don't know the statistics, but I know that it's, there's a lot of more people uh, going to be coming to the area. <laughs> I think it's the fastest growing yeah, yeah, regional region. city and also regional area. Surf Coast is the fastest growing council yes. in Australia. Yes, yes. So there's both Melbourne's the fastest growing city as mm. well. So there's there's a lot of pressure. Oh, exactly. But and there's you also know, opportunity. I mean, we need more jobs, so that could be a great way to. That's right. So and maybe and these businessmen have, have well, got the is... money to <laughs> set up. A this is business. my thought, Maxine. You know, you have to associate yourself with people smarter, stronger, richer. So you're thinking maybe broaden your recycling capability. Mm. Well, that'd be nice because yeah, we don't. It's not happening. Well, and also the thing is when we get things, there's plastic, there's wood. To to be able to actually fully recycle things, you kind of have to diversify because for what I do, like in domestic, you know, if we pick up some outdoor furniture, then it might have some plastic on it or, you know, like things um, like washing machines and things like that now, you know, the lid's plastic and a fridge, you open the fridge and all the drawers are plastic, all yep. the shelves are plastic, you know, there's glass. It's not just scrap metal. And with all of these kids that are school striking and care about the environment, there's so many opportunities for them career-wise, I think, because <laughs> so many things need to be created. Yep, it's so true. Solutions need yes, to Yes, if people have that ability to be able to create something or make something that does something good in the recycling aspect. So so many things are possible. So are there other companies doing other sorts of recycling in yeah. the area? Yeah, so they've got GT Recycling in Moolap. They do plastic recycling. Yeah. But, you know, with this whole China stopping taking the rubbish and the recycling, everybody in the recycling industry has changed the way that they're thinking and forecasting because it's all changing. Mm. And there's um, not, they don't have the infrastructure or technology to do what needs to be done mm, locally. Is that correct? Yeah, and, yeah. and I think also just the support from higher government. Council. Council, yeah. yeah. Now that I'm on the show, we talk a lot about, well, because I've been talking a lot about waste management, but we talk a lot about climate emergency now, trying to get councillors to sign the agreement to declare that there is a climate emergency and that we need to do something about it. Mm. It's 40 councils worldwide eight cancels in Australia and there's 500 cancels in Australia that have signed this agreement to declare a climate emergency. Only eight out of... So there's a lot of work to be done. Yeah. I think this is the same swing problem. Like you say, like on the playground, not knowing where to stand. Yeah. There's a split between the deniers and and there's there's still a split between that. Mm. I mean, how can this be? Mm. (laughs) I don't know. I know. But that's the problem is that decision-making is voted. Yeah. So maybe you should become a (laughs) councillor. Swing it. That's what my dad says, you need to be mayor. I'm like, I'm not going to be mayor. Well, that's what happened, I mean, with my my first guest on Climactic, Damo. Damo, Oh, yeah, Damien Cole, yeah. That was was what, you know, he's going for... um, I know, (laughs) I know. I think I'm going to talk to him on Friday. We've got a... uh, 
Earth Fest at Ocean Grove Park. Oh, great. I was asking um, you about that. Yeah, and that's another, I think we got off track then, but you asked how do people find out. So I've also joined this organisation called Australian Parents for Climate Action. I just joined that as well. Yeah. I think we're going to have Susie on the show. Yeah, well, great. Sure. There's 11 of us on the organising committee mm-hmm. and then the Facebook group is growing. I think there's nearly 600 people in the Facebook group. That's all about supporting the kids, students for climate action. Also just getting parents and grandparents and carers involved to, yeah, cool. you know, to be able to, to have a voice. And on the website, they've got different letters and, and ideas for action. So letters that people can send in to their local MPs, phone calls that they can make, different people that they can call in Australia. And the group is Australian-wide. So in the organisers, well, there's a couple of us that are in Ocean Grove, but there's some in Canberra, Brisbane, Tasmania, South Australia, I think that we're just not covered in the Northern Territory in Western Australia, but we can, we're can we working on that. Well, the, this climactic forum might be able to shed some light mm. on that because um, we're getting reach um, throughout Australia. So yeah, no, that's definitely, great. Um, how, how do people get in contact? So they can go to the Facebook page, Australian Parents for Climate Action, or oh, actually it's AP4, the number, mm-hmm. ca.org. Yep. is the website. And we'll um, put this in the, in the show description yeah, as well. Yeah, and they can yeah. go to that and there's actually a survey they can sign and then they can sign up to receive emails. We're not going to be bombarding people with emails, but certainly when there's, well, there's a school strike on the 15th of March, which is Australia-wide. I'm pretty sure it's Australia-wide. Now it's time for Climactic Community Corner where we play voice messages sent to us on Facebook. We're opening up this space for the community to share events, news, thoughts, feelings, all sorts. If you've got a message to share, just send it to us at Climactic Show on Facebook or hello at climactic.fm. Hey, you incredible Climactic listeners. It's Lup and Chan from Effect of Change. We're excited to tell you about our latest video series, which reviews sustainable products. First up, Bottle for Bottle where you buy a reusable bottle to tackle plastic pollution and help people access water. Win-win. Check out our review and other videos at effectthechange.org. Hello, listeners. It's me, Mark, here again. But I'm not wearing my climactic hat at the moment. I'm actually here to tell you about a new project I'm doing called The Water Keepers. Now, this is going to be a limited-run documentary series done in collaboration with the Port Phillip Baykeeper the Yara and Werribee River Keepers, and it's all about the health of these waterways and how they actually affect the lives of the residents of Melbourne. So if you know anyone who's an expert or works in any groups around the waterways, around the Yara River, Werribee River, and Port Phillip Bay, please just tell them to get in touch with me at hello at climactic.fm. Normally there would be a link in the show notes to whatever it is I'm telling you about, but right now that doesn't really exist yet. So instead, if you like the sound of these messages and want to drop one in yourself to be on the show, just check out climactic.fm slash community corner and it'll have an explainer all about how to do this yourself. Cheers. Then I'm going to be doing a live for the sustainable hour, so I don't know if I can supervise two little kids as well as talk to people in the crowd. Possibly. You never know. I think there was like 10,000 people at the Melbourne strike in November, the student strike. So it'll be really interesting to see how many more. Pretty so in, in Berlin, yeah. it's increasing every week. It started, I think, 3,000, 12,000. 
30,000. I think last week was 70,000. They're doing it every week. There's kids doing it every week here as well, but not a lot. Yep. And then we've got other people like Carolyn Danahaya who's sitting outside Sarah Henderson's office in Karangamai striking for climate as well. So, yep. But she's pensioner. Yep. And so she, but she's so funny. She said to me, Greta and I have a connection because she's 16 and I'm 76. <laughs> <laughs> but Earth Fest is going to be on Friday night and this week. And that's where just is, a local school. So that's at the Ocean Grove Park, mm-hmm. community park. And that's just Star of the Sea School in Ocean Grove. Some of the parents have just decided to create this Earth Fest, that's which awesome. they want to be a yearly thing. What time is it? It's kicking off from 4.30 to 8.30. They've got the formidable vegetables. Oh, playing. yes. I've heard they're fantastic. <laughs> and then I guess with this um, Australian Parents for Climate Action, then it, parents can range from any age yep. and then you know it's also bringing in the grandparents well, i think the, the ideally of how do we communicate this to other people and how do we make it not scary like you're going no. against the grain because you're doing something for the planet actively mm. not just recycling your waste you're actually doing something else is just to normalize it yeah. as well it's where i mean for that um, strike on in March on the 15th. My idea, and I know I've never actually been to a strike before or done anything like this, and I'm not going as a, uh, like I'll be going as a interviewing and talking to people, but I, I can't understand how ScoMo, <laughs> you know, said, oh, kids should just be at school learning, like what are they doing and whatever, What's and just point? really dis, yeah. What did Greta say? What's the point of me learning if I don't have a planet to be on? Yeah. Well, so mm. that's- how can they just look at that and just ignore it you know like not i mean if you know somebody says something about you or whatever then you kind of kind of think oh, okay well am i doing something wrong yeah I yeah thinking? should yeah. i actually yeah, listen and it's maybe not one person then there's 10 then there's thousands then there's ten thousand. then there's fifty thousand people all saying the same thing and then it's global there's people all around the world yeah all saying the same thing i don't know do we not listen it seems crazy doesn't it yeah so there's all this stuff happening and what do you think it's going to take for the political climate to respond? Mm. Well, they're hoping that it's going to be a climate election. Well, it's definitely. Yeah, a, and a, I think is, that yeah. it's definitely a topic of conversation, isn't it? It's good to, to hear the deniers mm-hmm. and hear what other people think and listen to them because that's our problem. Yeah, it's totally our problem. You know, it's it's and, and when I do go on March the fifteenth, if there's people there and they don't agree with it, which there probably will be. Yeah, there'll be people because everyone loves a fight. Mm. Well, those sort of people do anyway. I'd like to to hear what they have to say. Like, why? Why do they? How do they think that way? But I guess if somebody believes something so passionately, then they they just bring an argument for it blindly yeah 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 and so not that i want to be going there getting in any arguments but i'm interested to find out why do you not believe it i don't know i i I do i am surrounded by quite a few deniers myself in people that i know so i do hear what they say but i just think that it's a bit ignorant and not educated and also like you say with you your history and your dad's context and your dad's actually really doing something good mm. for the planet even mm. though he may not yeah not even think about it yeah think, 
that's quite interesting mm. in that he doesn't think that he's an activist or is creating good positive change, but actually he's providing a service that yeah is helping the planet. Does yeah, that's right. So that's another interesting yeah, absolutely. That. We were talking about this the other day with the Climactic Collective or um, Cooperative about who is our audience, mm. and so what we we aim to do is have people on the show that are like yourself that have a story that are contributing to the positive change and then share it with their network. But what's really got me interested in what you've been talking about is that this group of business people, businessmen mainly, mm. and sharing the show with them <laughs> and then see what happens and perhaps maybe our audience is already the people that want to be active but don't have the tools and that just need that little shift. But wouldn't it be great to get the people that are deniers to suddenly realise and shift? I don't know what that's going to take. but There's something that we can do. Why are we not doing it? Yeah, and I guess it's just awareness. And I I suppose with Australian Parents for Climate Action, it's a good way for parents to join something and even if it is as just as light as joining a Facebook page and just seeing different articles, different posts. So, yeah, I'm sure they're going to cop whatever negativity they're going to get. Well, this is it, yeah. And, I mean, you know, even like last night he was talking about this amazing vessel that goes out to the reef. But how And he said, how else do you get the scientists out there? Well, yeah. To, to check the That's reef. It. How else are we going to find out what's happening? The reef part of the system. So big. Yeah. And, and we're already in this. There's so much that's set up in mm. the old way from the Industrial Revolution. It's going to take a lot of time to, yeah. to change it over. There is a shipping uh, freighting company that are going 100% renewable. Really? I can't remember the name of it, but there's there's stuff going on okay. like that. Yeah. And I think... There'll just be more momentum, hopefully. Yeah. And, and you know, I mean, even people like Lindsay Fox, apparently his company is almost, he's really low carbon footprint. Of course, because it makes business sense. They've got it's like, like thousands like... of trucks, but he's still still doing what he can, but he's still got to drive the trucks. Yep. <laughs> well, that's the, that's the other thing. I think that business requires efficiency to make a profit. And that's basically down to energy yes. now, and that is resources. Yeah. No matter what you, how you break it down, that's mm. got to make business sense. So this is where the change might really start. Yeah, and also just education. Like mm. I spoke to a lady yesterday who I'm going to go and interview in a couple of weeks. She's from a company called Mondo Power. Oh, yes. Yeah, great. Yeah, mm. Natasha. Yeah. They're doing the Yak oh, yeah, and Oh, yeah, she actually met you, I think she said. Yeah. 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 Yak and Danda. Yeah. What, is it, what is it called? 100% renewable Yak and Danda. Yeah. So she's got this. It's called Ubi. U- Ubi. Yeah. yeah. Ubi. It's um, connects. It's for peer-to-peer renewable yeah. solar power sharing. Yeah. I'm totally on, onto that. It's amazing. And so. It's coming soon. Like, it, it'll yeah. just, it'll come and, and. Yeah, we'll be able to cut out That's the right. power company because next door can take some Help. solar. Yeah. I'm generating power that I'm not using any any of it at the oh, moment. Oh, really? Yeah. So, and that little, it's a device that goes on your house and on the other house or the yes. other business. And then you can connect to that power. Yeah. You can yeah. share it with schools. Well, it's probably not they close pay enough, for it. but yeah. They actually pay for yeah. it. So it's not... Yeah, it's not just sharing. Just giving. It's, it's like, yeah. yeah, I can make some money back because of the investment that I've put into hopefully saving the environment. And that's the thing. that, And that's awesome. Like 
that sort of stuff, I'm like to her, yeah. I said people just want to hear that yeah, because it's real and it makes it, oh, yeah, well, that's why we do this. Mm, yep, that's it. And the community want the power to do that. That's they right. They want the, the choice. They want to be able to choose where they get their power from. Mm, mm. So, so there's a lot of cool stuff going on. Yeah. I just am amazed that the kids have gotten on board as well. Mm. It's just fantastic. And to hear the, the older generations coming back into it, considering what they've come from. Yeah. 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 I know. Well, I saw a comment the other day. This page is so hypocritical. So it was, it was a page. It might even be, I don't know if it was Caroline's page, but it was a grey page of grey Great, they call themselves great people, like, you know, doing climate action. Mm-hmm. And somebody had written on it. I don't even know why these people actually go on these pages, but this page is so hypocritical. You're the people that have ruined our planet. Oh, why yeah. are you now all of the a sudden boomer. trying to blame. Yeah. <laughs> blame the boomers? And it was, gosh, really? Yeah. Not everybody's perfect. And Plus, what, what page are you on that you're actually making a difference or are you just going to exactly. be trolling everyone else? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that's right, and that's I think somebody said that. What difference are you making? <laughs> and so, yeah, this is the thing. It's just that Caroline Danaher is just so awesome in her demeanour. When I'm around her, I just feel like she's oh, like an angel. She says you just need to be calm when you talk to somebody. She spoke about this. this um, she was down at the beach and she spoke to some guy and she, she said, Something came up and, and he, he, she said, oh, I'm into climate change or action or something. And he said, Al Gore's a failed president. And she said, what do you think of David Edinburgh? And he said. Um, David Attenborough? Yeah, David Attenborough, yeah, sorry. Yeah. Um, he's, not a, he's not a scientist or something, she said. He said. And she said, oh, I suppose you need to be a climactic scientist. And, um, and, he's, and then they sort of left it at that. And then as she left, she said, isn't it a beautiful day? They were at the beach. You know, I was so lucky to live so close to the ocean. I just hope it doesn't rise too much and take away all the houses. <laughs> and then she walked away. I love it. But just you know, you with that yeah, but she's just so, she's so calm in the way she speaks. and It's not. Um, uh, not aggressive. Yeah. And it's not confrontational. It's lovely. That's it's just, you know what? Like, how lucky are we to live here? Um, but yeah, cute. And so I guess, you know, when I speak to people and, you know, if I join that club and I'm sitting next to people and I'll have different, because each time you go, to have monthly meetings, you sit next, you have different seats. Yeah. So, you know, it's a way to meet different people. It's easy for me to bring the topic up because that's my business. I'm, yeah. I'm in the recycling business, which is in waste management, which is to do with the planet. Yeah. And so it's kind of easy. So it's, I don't really have to sit there and say, oh, so what are your thoughts on climate change or what are you doing to do any climate action? It's something that can just get brought up in the in the conversation. Yeah. And, and that's, people know about the problem as well with the recycling. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. 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 And so that's her direction, I guess, on how to talk about this stuff is something that I'll take on board. Yeah. Yeah, because I think there's been a lot of fear-based communication around we're absolutely we're in this dire situation and we need to act now and it, it's the world's ending, which is, mm. you know, okay, we, we know this, but we need more inspiring conversations and yeah. more positive action. Yeah. So that we, What can we do? Yeah, what can we do? Not 
um, what have we done already? Yes. So I think that sort of activism is building more. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's really important because if you're a denier, you definitely don't want to hear. You don't want to be scared. No. And that's what somebody said to me. I don't, I'm just not, I don't agree with the scare tactics. People shut down. With and fear. I thought, what are the scare tactics? But then when you sort of read it on the other side, then you can kind of see like, oh, okay. Obviously they're not getting the right information. No. So, it's a, yeah, it's about the balance of empowering and inspiring, I think. But people need to know that they can make a difference mm. and I think that's what they struggle with. Mm. Yeah. So your business is very relatable in that sense because it's obvious. Yeah. And I think that other um, things might not be as relatable. No. So. And I think that I have a, a little bit of a advantage because when people meet me and they say, what do you do? And then I say, I'm in the scrap metal industry, then it immediately provokes intrigue because I'm a woman yeah. and, and I'm in scrap metal. Yeah. So then it's, oh, okay. Oh, so oh, how does that work? And so then conversation can just flow. Yeah. And so I'd like to think that I can use that to turn people's minds. <laughs> That's really cool. Well, I think uh, we've had a pretty good conversation so far. I'm trying to think of anything else that we need to cover and any other details that you need to share of what's happening in your world that you're, or any call-outs that you're interested in connecting with. Well, we do the, the Sustainable the, the sustainable Hour radio <laughs> show on 94.7 The Pulse. So we're always looking to interview people that are doing amazing things in the the field of climate change or waste management, recycling, anything to do with with that. We would love to chat to people and we can chat on the phone if they're not in Geelong region. So we can certainly do phone interviews. I've just started doing live videos where I'm just similar to this having a chat but doing it live on Facebook. So to increase awareness of of what can be done and to just increase the awareness and share information to to people that might not usually watch it and because it's live on Facebook they might not necessarily watch it live but then later whoever I've interviewed then they have that ability to be able to to share it with their own network and share their stories so it's I suppose podcasting at a different level in that it's quite raw because you can see as well it's visual and I'm really enjoying that and it's not edited and it's not edited yeah Yeah. you know and it's It's just a chat and I think with this and with deniers, it's got to be raw because it it can't look like, oh, yeah, this has all been scripted or edited. This is is what this person is doing and it's really cool. You know, check them out. I'm doing that just on a... On a small scale, I just went into a shop the other day, this secondhand shop in La Trobe Terrace in Geelong, and it's amazing. So many awesome things in there. I want to find the, I've got the number of the guy who owns it. So I want to go in there and have a chat to him and just, you know, like those shows that are on and like pickers and things like that. And you go into these old people's houses and they've got so much stuff. And, (laughs) you know, just that history of where did you get that? And like, you know, when I was in that shop, it's so nostalgic. There were so many things in there that my Nana had and stuff like that. And it's Um, valued rather than rubbish. yeah, Yeah. Yeah. And I just think that that's really interesting and it's, a way to change, well, I don't know, you can change the way people think, but 
I've got teenagers, I know what it's like. They all want the latest yeah, gadgets totally. and they want everything new and clothes. Um, and, yeah, yeah, and all of that. Although, one of, you know, one of my sons, he's pretty obsessed with op shops. <laughs> That's a good thing. <laughs> my parents think, why, why, are you, why are you wearing that? Grandpa clothes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, kind of making that trendy again, I guess. Yeah. Just making it cool to, to do that and buy secondhand and reuse stuff and fix things. Yeah, I, the reason I found this shop is because my dog has chewed three pairs of my boots, so I've taken it to a boot maker. Bad dog. Um, yeah, mm. to um, to fix the boots rather than throwing out the boots and getting new ones. Things like that. And we've got our repair cafes now. That's going really well yeah. as well. They've got the areas in that one open now as yeah. well. Yeah. 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 So there's one and down in the Ballerine. Yeah. yeah, so that's fantastic as well, um, just encouraging people to fix things rather than throw them out. I'm doing my first car boot sale in a couple of weeks, so I'm oh, really cool. looking forward to what, that. Do that. That's at the Wave Church in Ocean Grove, and it's only $20. And you can go there with your trailer or your car boot and just put all your stuff out and – Sell it. Yes. That's exciting. So I'm going to do that. Yes. I mean, there's lots of things that that you can do. Transition streets is another thing that I'm trying to roll out in my area. But, you know, again, it's just about educating people that we're not creepy. And, you know, I don't see myself as a a hippie or a greenie. Mm. But I just think, yeah, it's just good to just live in a community where you kind of help each other out. Crazy when you think about the amount of food that you consume as well. And, and even with that, I'm not a very good gardener and we've tried to, we've started a worm farm. <laughs> but yeah, just all of those things. I've had a beautiful herb, bought all these beautiful herbs and, and then I've killed them all with the heat and whatever. So if you know, you've got the worm farm and someone else is a better gardener and you can yes. give them the composting that you make. Exactly. Yeah, there's a bit of that going on yeah. in um, Torquay. There's a transition streets that's started up in Torquay. And it's great. Like so, that's the thing, you yeah. know, cause, because the thing is not only is it, you know, if you're cooking something and you need some rosemary or mint and you got to, if you have to go to the supermarket and buy it. In the plastic. It's in the plastic. Yeah. It's always in the plastic. Why does it have to be in the plastic? I don't know. There's a new movement, Naked Foods, coming up as well. Yeah, I've seen that. I don't know when that's going to exactly. arrive here. Like, you know, even, I mean, you know, no, it gets said all the time. But a cucumber in plastic, why? Totally. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, I mean, you know, my, my daughter, she's made me now, like, when I go and have to get six t- tomatoes and just not even have them in a bag. Yeah. So the checkout chick is really annoyed with me because there's so we always, we, always we do that as well. We've got onions, tomatoes, nectarines, everything that's, yeah, it's loose. loose. Yeah, and you just smile and, oh, yeah, we, we're not using plastic bags. Sorry about that. I know. We're so usually pretty good. Try to get the little bags that you could put them in, you know, but then you forget those and it's just like, oh, well, bad luck. This is how it is. So just all those things and I suppose just not, you know, like people got so angry when you weren't allowed to, Used the, when you didn't get the plastic bags, it was actually like ridiculous. Um, that was hilarious. What yeah. was one of the comments? I don't know. I don't know. Oh, Pricey was. <laughs> Pricey was like, "What am I going to pick up my dog poo with?" Oh, <laughs> <laughs> that's definitely a first world problem. <laughs> so, yeah. but it's been awesome chatting. Thank you. Today. Yeah, it's, it's really been great. great. Yeah, climactic crew will be really, really interested in what you're doing and oh, the good. perspective of. How you've come to to be really you are an activist really because <laughs> yeah there's different levels levels you yeah. don't need to be chaining yourself to 
I'm like, I feel like I need to have like two poles and a big banner. Laminated? No. Yeah. Recycled banner. That's it. No, it's great. Great to chat with you and another, a couple of big, big things happening. The parents, uh, parents for climate change. Yep. And uh, the Sustainable Hour just mm. having such great content and yeah. loads of people coming on. Yeah, um, it's great. And then your perspective into the business world as well mm. in Geelong, yeah. which is exciting. It is. Yeah, so great to have you on the show. Thanks, Maxine. <laughs> Jackie's story is an inspiration that we can all be part of the solution. She believes if you stand back and take a good look at your lifestyle, you'll find areas that you can change and, as they say on the Sustainable Hour, be the difference. That was the first of many conversations I'll be having with people connecting with the climate crisis in our region. If you have a story to share in the G21 or surrounding areas, get in touch at hello at climactic.fm. You've been listening to Climactic, a podcast from the Climactic Collective, a group of storytellers dedicated to sharing inspiring, powerful stories in the climate change community. If you've got a story you'd like to tell and you'd like us to help you share it, just get in touch at hello at climactic.fm or on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, where we're at Climactic Show. If you enjoyed this program, please tell a friend. Independent shows like ours need the help of our listeners to grow. And if you had the time to leave us a rating or review at Apple Podcasts or your podcast app of choice, we'd greatly appreciate it. The Climactic Collective is Mark Spencer, Rich Bowden, Maxine Baisley, Georgia Scheel, and Bronwyn Gresham. Our producer is Hazel Fidicaro. Thanks for listening, have a great day, and we'll be back with another story next week. The Climactic Collective. Collective.